Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. Once again, I am Bradley and this week, well, I just want to point out, we may be the masters of ceremony, but only one person knows what it is like to be a podcast MC. He's got personality, originality, and on a microphone, it's just got to be Stu. How you doing? Not bad dropping some dope beats, as usual, you know. Can I just ask you a question about that intro? Yeah, go on. Do you really like it? <laughs> I think it is wicked. Yeah. I th- I, you're, the, you're the ones, I'm definitely the twos. <laughs> you are definitely a number two. I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just been, I've been annoyed Lorraine with that all week. Just like that's been stuck in my head. So she's not been uh-huh. loving it, loving it, loving it. No. Well, no. That, that That's the title of my sex tape. <laughs> nice. Oh, dear. Good start. Yeah. Do you know what else I love it, love it, love it? Uh, well, I'd like to say, but it's not good for the kiddies, so you you tell me. It's video games. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, I've not actually played much this week. I don't know why. I've been playing repeat stuff, so I'll have little chats about those. But tell me you've been playing something, Stu. Otherwise, this is a very bad video game podcast. It'll be very short as well. Yeah, no, thankfully I have. Um, so I've been playing a few bits and pieces and they've kind of weirdly merged and flipped around and uh, it didn't end up being what I expected. So the first one I'll talk about is the DLC for Ace Combat 7, which just got released. So I never, don't really... What year is this? I know. So <laughs> they've, they've released... DLC as and it's a bit cheeky because they're like oh it's the 25th anniversary of the franchise so we're going to release some DLC to market and it's like oh that's great and it's like but it's paid for DLC and it's kind of like well that's a little bit against the spirit of things but mm, never mind I'm stupid so I'm going to buy it anyway um, and I don't I don't buy DLC very often but Ace Combat 7 is just amazing and it's one of my favourite, it's my favourite of that type of game I think, sort of, you know, semi-sim, semi-arcade shooter. Yeah. Just like it more than anything of that type and it's like, I even like it more than Afterburner Climax which is the most sexually named fighting game that has ever been made. And is that the Xbox yes. Live arcade one? Yeah, it was oh. released on that. It, yeah, oh. it was a Lindbergh release. It was <laughs> that was a really weird period in Sega's history. It was a time when they actually made games for a start that were any good. Yeah, but um, yeah, they they decided they were going to do some arcade releases, and they did Outrun, obviously Outrun Two, and Afterburner Climax, and I think one other, but I can't even remember what it is. But Afterburner Climax is amazing. Anyway. We're not here to talk about Afterburner Climax. We'll save that for another yeah. day. The The DLC is... It's it's all right. It's not bad. It's three new aircraft, and they're pretty decent. None of them are a win-button aircraft, which is good. They're, you know, varied and differently stylized. And the best thing about Ace Combat 7 is that the they've got the right... Each, each plane has got the right number of stats to make it interesting so that you can kind of go oh yeah that would be good for this and this would be good for that but not so many that it just becomes stato nerdy kind of you know you need a book to track it all so yeah the the dlc is pretty decent and um you know I, it just it was just an excuse to play again and i've already put 40 hours on it completed it loads of times so i've been using cheat engine which is 
PC, obviously, because you can't do stuff like that on consoles. And you can, I've been inputting as much money as I want so I can buy all the different stuff. <laughs> so I can, I can play around with all the stuff that would take months to unlock otherwise. So yeah, that's good. And, and you know, it's called cheat engine, but and it is cheating the money. But it's not even that's not a win button. They're just it's just variety, really. Yeah. So yeah, so I've been caning that, and just I can't can't stop really. Ah uh, yeah, it's a I, I like Ace Combat. The series is actually twenty six years old, not twenty five. Air Combat right. came out in nineteen ninety five. Um, right. So oh, there we are. Just want to point out Bandai. Namco are forgetting their own history. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. you know. Uh, uh, but I've got an RG351 coming soon. Should be a bit stuck in a mail office at the moment. But in Chelmsford, because Chelmsford sucks. But I, I'm going to boot up the first Ace Combat on that. Yeah. Because I love the first Ace Combat. That still holds up. Uh, I don't care what anyone says, it still holds up. Uh, nothing to do with DLC. DLC sounds pretty okay. More planes to play more of Ace Combat is always a good thing. Absolutely. I definitely want to see an Ace Combat 8, and I want to see them go over-the-top anime cutscenes with that semi-realistic flight arcade sim, uh, simcade flying <laughs> stuff that they have. Yeah, no, I'm desperate to see it. I, I, there's been hints that they are doing an 8, and which would be brilliant. And it's... Yeah, it's the reason why I just buy into the DLC straight away because I really want to fund it. I really want them to spot that there are people playing and, you know, yeah, yeah. just get it done. Yeah. Also, free money for for, for the uh, executives of Bandai and Namco who, who are listening yeah. because, you know, know. know. Remaster, the first three, Ace Combat, the first three. Just go Ace Combat, original trilogy, remastered, stick it on everything, put it on Switch, with some gyro controls as well as an option. Just saying, it would work. Free money, <laughs> fun days combat eight. Yeah. Everyone's happy. True. And also, you know, my obligatory add VR to all of them as well. Yes, because flight sims are definitely, along with racing games, the sort where you just go, that's the reason enough to own a VR headset. Precisely. Precisely. I was, funnily enough, watching a, a video on YouTube last night, um, I follow this content creator called Residents of Evil, which is obviously all okay. Resident Evil, unsurprisingly. I was unsure. And he was playing... Yeah, exactly. You needed that spelling out, didn't you? Um, yeah, it's... It, uh, he was playing through a fan-made first-person perspective Resident Evil based entirely on the, you know, the PS1 version. And there's just something about that aesthetic. Yeah. It's really, really excellent. It, like, it... It looks cheesy and a bit rubbish, but it kind of deliberately <laughs> now when you do it that way, it's like, you know, it's kind of be picking picking that as a deliberate choice. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, next thing I'm going to say is completely obvious is that having that in VR would be excellent. I mean, you know, pretty much having everything in VR would be excellent, but you know, you pick your battles. So yes, <laughs> that was good as well. So yes, throw get get them all remastered, get them in VR, and I think you'd sell you'd sell a copy to like pretty much every headset owner you have. Yeah, uh, you're guaranteed at least two sales of an Ace Combat original trilogy remaster. It's worth <laughs> it. It's worth it. Absolutely, I would do it. <laughs> yeah, me and you and no bugger else. Yeah. So a little bit of foreshadowing, though. A little bit of foreshadowing. Ooh. 
it's okay as DLC, but it's. Would you say it's the best DLC you've played this year? Yeah. Maybe we'll find out a bit later. You never know. You never know. So I've been playing a couple of bits on and off. Really, I've been back into um, some Tetris. Again, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, I got sent uh, bizarrely. I didn't need to uh, advertise them, so this is this isn't even sponsored. But I got sent, sent some Raycon headphones. All oh, right. I was, I was calling out on Twitter about it, and I got a PM from from them. Just went, ah, oh, someone went, yeah, I'll send you some Raycon headphones. Okay, cool. Forgot about it. Like, they took a while to get here. Um, and I thought, oh, do you know what? Let's test how good these are. Uh, we'll try it with, obviously, something like Tetris Effect because it's amazing. And, yeah, I got stuck into Tetris Effect again. Um, still struggle with some parts because of my vision. Um, they've improved some of the accessibility options, so you could turn down the level of light in there and stuff like that. But it's still not enough in some areas for me. I really struggled then again with there's like a section where it's like almost as though you're looking on a virtual boy. So it's a dark background with like red um, tetraminos. And I struggled a bit with that. I just had to feel my way through it a little bit or be a bit more careful. Yeah. Uh, But I played it in relaxed mode, so it didn't really matter too much. Uh, But yeah, I've been really enjoying some more Tetris effect and going back through my Steam library, playing some, um, some other puzzle games so a bit more Mixalumia gave that a go Cavell gave that a go and yeah just have a little fun time playing nice easy to play difficult to master puzzle games but that's pretty much been my week in games because I can't talk about another game I've been playing yet I can mention it but I can't review it or anything or talk about it in a critical way and that's Wolfstride can't wait to talk about that next week oh I thought you were going to like shadow drop that you've been playing Halo Infinite campaign and like oh you know yeah the guys at three four three and Microsoft swore me to silence I got an NDA and all sorts. Well, uh, well, not quite. Do I look like Jeff Gersman? Sadly not. I mean, I've got his belly, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. And I've not been sacked from Gamespot yet. No, no, that's true. Yeah, that's a game I'm really looking forward to, but. That you talking about Tetris Effect reminded me that there is a funny bit in it, and I think that you probably have to like you probably have to make fairly drastic measures if you don't want it. So there's a couple of levels where like foreground and background items like seem to deliberately get in the way of this is in journey mode. Like there's one where there's uh, these silhouettes of like cowboys on horses and they kind of yep. jump in front of your, your view and you can't actually see for a moment. Um, uh, and it seems uh, like a fairly strange choice. I mean, I think I know where they're going with it, but it seems like a fairly odd choice. I don't know. I don't know what you think. I've got to say, I must have been that in the zone. Didn't notice. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever noticed that as a, as a issue. But I don't know if that's because I get so laser focused and and stuff like that. I, I honestly don't know. I'm not again. I'm not saying it's not an issue, uh, but I've not noticed that one. I know the bit you're talking about. Um, yeah. I might go and do that as just a single level and see what 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 I think then. But yeah, it's it, I I would like the ability it, it, uh, to turn off effects, it, even though I know that's the like the. Uh, the basis of the game i would like the ability from an accessibility point of view from a high score point of view just to turn off the effects 
Um, have the music or at least turn the right down something so you could just go i just want to concentrate on the grid and play it this way but that's kind of taking you out of the spirit of the game in a way so i get why that's not there yes i suppose they've i suppose they've you know created the game entirely based around you know it's it's differences and the fact that it's got all these flashy effects and changes of pace and tone and everything so yeah i suppose it would be yeah. hard to to pluck those out but it would not be nice if they just stuck in an extra mode that was yeah the the base the base pure game, tetris pure yeah tetris, so. uh, it's it's a tough one because my argument would be as a as someone who loves all forms of tetris would be if i wanted to play pure tetris then i'd get tetris the grandmaster yeah, and if I wanted competitive Tetris, I'd be playing some Puyo Puyo Tetris, um, just Tetris only mode, or Tetris ninety nine for the Battle Royale. So Tetris effect is a different; it's an experience, and I, I forget that sometimes. So when I ask for the accessibility options, that's a lot of it comes through frustration that I'm not getting the scores I want and stuff like that. But it's an experience, so it, it's, it's not Tetris as we know of growing up with Tetris. It's such a weird one to explain to someone. It is Tetris, but it's not Tetris. Yeah. And you can play it like Tetris, but you have to experience it different to Tetris. Yeah, I'm I'm all for, you know, I do wonder with the journey mode, if we take everything out of it, such as the visual effects, which I want out, an option to take out once I've played it, does that completely remove the original vision for the game? I don't know. But it's, it's I don't, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just I, I I I feel like I need to go and wash myself because I feel like I've had a little dig at Tetris. <laughs> now and they're going to come and take my uh, golden Tetris statue away. Yeah, yeah, you've got one of those on the wall. You know, like YouTubers when they reach like a million subscribers, you got you got one yeah. for you know. Uh, mentioning Tetris a million times yeah and complimenting it 10,000 times on a podcast yeah <laughs> um, I'm only doing it I'm trying to butter up enhance you see because what I want them to do next like they've got to move on from Tetris they've done Lumides Res obviously they've done all those I want them to see and do a spiritual successor to droplets in the style of an enhanced game just just, <laughs> just putting it out there I know just putting it I out know there you, me you and Mizuguchi me and Mr. Gucci said, you know, he, he's, he's, he's complimented me on Twitter, so possible. It is, it is. No, I, I think that's, um, they seem like a really good outfit for that kind of thing. And there's, I think there's a big scope for it, for it. And I would love to see some stuff, you know, in the, in the similar to vein, vein to what they did with Pac-Man CE, you know, um, just revamping something and just giving it uh, a whole new breath of life uh, just from changing it into a more you know varied experience because that's what it's doing isn't it it's taking a core concept and adding variety but without taking anything away just imagine a river-based pac-man game by enhance just imagine it there you go yeah that's what they need to do just they need to take as many old classics as they can and enhance them um and that's what they could call the series, Enhance the Classics. There you go, you see. They could do Pog. Imagine our oh, Pog breakout in their style. Now you're getting the it. With music and everything. Oh, yeah, do this it. Is what, do this it. is what Mark I Mark McDonald. <laughs> Mark McDonald, I know you listen once, maybe. I don't know. Do it. I'll tweet it. I'll tweet it. There you are. I'll put it out there. <laughs> Dead make droplets. Just yeah, make droplets. Make droplets. I'm... I'm... <laughs> 
I'm toying with the idea of learning coding just so I can make one and then, you know, give it to you. Be like a kid with I a toy. I only need single level. That's great. You don't even have to do all of it. I just want the first level because I was in the top 10 in the world on that. And I say, as the seventh best droplets player in the world, I should have some say. I agree. <laughs> you need that power, definitely. You deserve it. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's it from me. I'm ready to go on. Considering I've not played much this week or done anything of note, I'm ready to talk a lot. So, have you got anything else to do for this week? <laughs> Thankfully, yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the next one I've been playing is... Oh, I made a terrible mistake. I made a terrible error. I bought Death's Door. And why is it a terrible error? Well, it's a it's a really good game. It looks lovely. This is on the Switch. Uh, I might argue that, you know, it's a little bit... The, the characters and stuff are a bit small for that kind of a screen. But, you know, that's a nitpick. Uh, it's just, it's a really excellent game, very well designed, looks great, moves well, it just all meshes together in a, in a very fluid way that's very satisfying for people who like Souls games. I was just stupid. I got swept up in it, oh, people are saying it's ace. Oh yeah, I'm sure I'll get over the fact that I don't like Souls games. No, I can't get over the fact that I don't like Souls games. And it, it's just, the minute a game that isn't Devil May Cry or Bayonetta has a roll button or evade button. I'm pretty much out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's got so yeah, it's got that. It's got the roll button. It's got the even basic enemies take lots and lots of hits to die. You're a glass cannon, so you can only take a couple of hits and you're dead. It's just everything about it that I really, really dislike. It's kind of a very dense area that you see far too many times because it 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 makes you become so good by through repetition that you see them over and over and over again and in a way that isn't like you know classic platformers and also and it's part of the aesthetic but everything looking the same is just to me you know it doesn't look exactly the same but I'm you know compare it mentally to any old games from the 90s where, you know, I, I'm, I'm not being, like, nostalgic here. Not even, Okay, let's let's choose something else. So compare it to uh, the Strider reboot a few years back, which was an okay game. Yes. Um, not great, but, you know, it was all right. Lots of different areas, tons of variety, lots of different enemies. You know, you'd, you'd see a lot of different stuff within an hour, and it'd still take you, you know, 10 hours at least to complete, probably more. So, Destor, no, none of that. You're just seeing the same stuff over and over again. And then, you know, people love that. I think there's a combination of, like, familiarity and map learning and the way that they improve against specific enemies, like learning specific patterns and, like, you know, not having energy bars above bosses and things like that that really clicks with people for me it just totally puts me off so it's a really good game but i really don't like it yeah i see there's a few deaths games out that have got the word death in them uh there was there's one i think it's like a 3d type game and i was like i don't do 3d too much with those sort of things i can't keep up Uh, and then there was like death's door which is uh, like the hades isometric style but with a souls bold gameplay mechanic and i i really fancied that one which is the one you said you've been playing but there's so many of them now 
that I'm not in a rush to play it. I'm like, I, I hate saying this sometimes because like the developers deserve the sales because it's a, you know, from all accounts, it's a technically really well-made game. It's a brilliant game if you're into that genre. But I'm at the point now where I'm getting so burnt out by similar games that it's like, I'll just wait for it to be in a sale or a bundle. Yeah, uh, you might as well because inevitably it will go down in price very, very fast and not because yeah. it's not good, but because the the audience for indie games, even if they're indie games in a style that's really fashionable, the audience is comparatively small next to, you know, Dark Souls or Elden Ring or whatever. So, it, yeah, it will be dirt cheap soon. And I think that's fair because, I mean, you could even pirate it and say, well, my friend who doesn't like it and doesn't play it bought a copy and <laughs> just get away. No, I'm only joking. But, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, no wait for a sale if you're not even that bothered. And, yeah, I would just, I would just really like to know why people... It's just so happy to support those kind of games and not support stuff that's, you know, built from the ground up. There's no procedural generation. There's very little repetition. There's lots of well-designed enemies. I mean, all this stuff costs money um, and time, but, you know, it's worth worth investing in. But anyway, there you go. Just a mini mini rant. Yeah. No, no, I say I'm, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to giving it a go, but I'm not, as I said, I'm not in a rush. I've got so many other games that I need to get round to and play properly. Like, you know, I've just picked up, because I got it super, super cheap and had some credit, Timberboard, which is the city builder, but what if Beavers? Um, nice. So nice. I want to, yeah, yeah like, that's how you sell a game to me. Just go, here's a genre you like, but what about? I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm in. Oh yeah, like that does mean. in the early two thousands where it was everything was monkeys. It's like, what about this genre, but with monkeys? Yeah, or apes, or whatever, yeah. Yeah, what about football field, but with dog? Yeah, so <laughs> hey, yeah, nice. Oh, now we're talking. Wasn't there? Um, I'm sure there was an American football game that was made that had a dog in it, and it was like dogs playing American football back in like the late nineties. Oh, probably. Ah. Oh. It was like PC. It was the sort of stuff that had come on the PC, and I'm positive. But it was like, not not like a famous like TV dog, but it was like I'm sure the dog was well known, or the name on it was like fairly well known, like Bill Belichick or something like that. (laughs) I I don't know. Um, I'm sure if we put it out on Twitter, someone will tell me. But yeah, I'm sure it had a dog in it as a game, which is really weird. And now I want Airbud the movie, the game. So hey, God, what? Jerry Rice made a football game. I don't know if he made it because he's a, he's a gridiron football player. But yeah, Jerry Rice made an American football game that starred dogs. Nice. Nice. Do you know what? I'd pay a lot of money. Well, I wouldn't. But I would, <laughs> I would really like to see uh, a film where somebody starts up a, a dog American football league and, you know, they, they have to coach the team to success. And, oh, what would be brilliant is if they had... Do you remember the... Um, the flamboyant guy character from Mannequin called Hollywood. You remember him? Yes, yes, yes. He was the coach. The fact that I remember Mannequin's enough. Yeah. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> so there you go. Hollywood coaching a bunch of dogs to play American football. Oh, that'd be so good. I'd do it. Get the, Especially give the dogs to get concussion as well. Their concussion injuries and stuff like Ooh. that. It's like, oh, no. They've got to wear helmets now. You can't damage dogs. Yeah. Oh, you can tell I've not played much this week. <laughs> Just a bit. Well, the last one that I've been playing is uh, continuing to play Lone Echo 2. 
uh, which you yes. know continues to be excellent and it kind of it, it my time has been stolen from it by ace combat that's just how good that game is uh, but yeah lone echo 2 is definitely right up there with one of the best best i've played this year it's it continues to be really good it's uh, about about two hours in and it's brought in some new ideas and stuff um one thing i'm really hoping is that when we get into the later game that it brings in quite a few new ideas because at the moment it's not kind of it's it's a little bit too much in the path of the the previous game you know and i'd like a little bit more originality inserted but um, you know it's a longer game than the first one so i think they might be injecting that sort of bit at a time so we'll see but as it sounds really solid really excellent very good fun to play yeah it's uh, a yeah you describe it, it really intrigues me, and I, it's one I really do fancy giving a go. I do at some point. I keep making these uh, mental lists, which I'll forget down the line, So, uh, because I should never do that. I, I forget loads of stuff. But anyway, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's one that it's, it's, I, I, I've seen videos of it. I've seen sort of like the descriptions of it, your, your opinion of it. I, I, yeah, I want to give it a go. Yeah, it's one of those, I would talk more about the specifics, but I don't want to spoil it for anyone because, you know, with a lot of games, it's kind of like, uh, you know, people are going to play it and they're either going to be attracted to it or they're not. There's very few games where there are real massive barriers to people who want to play something, not being able to play it. You know, I mean, you can even yeah. even play a version of like Cyberpunk on, on a PS4 and an Xbox One, you know? It, <laughs> it might be rubbish experience, but you, you can uh, you can technically do it. But there's... Public service announcement, don't, don't do, do that. that. Yeah, but um, yeah, but this has a, a proper full barrier to it in that you need to have a full PC rig and you know, as well as a headset. So I don't want to spoil anything. But I can talk about uh, the controls in brief. So I've mentioned, like, last week, trying to explain VR in general. But for this game specifically, the best things it does is it puts a lot of stuff on your wrists and hands that you can do. And it's kind of like you can, you know, in the game, poke, twist, turn, drag, all that sort of stuff to do stuff, including making responses. So, like, analysing things, scanning but also talking to people. you got so much of it built into what's around um, your hands and your wrists that it makes it so tactile. Uh, and it, it just brings that focus. You know your hands are always there, very present in VR, and they're, they're key to what you're doing. And it's great to have things that you can do with them all the time, you know? And, and Half-Life Alex does that really well as well. But this this does it to an even more specified and uh, and technical level. And yeah, because we we all use our hands, we can do very you know tight and, and intricate manipulations with them without having to learn a set of button presses. So that's another thing that it does exceptionally well. Yeah, no, again, stop it because I can't I can't use <laughs> VR at the moment. Sorry. So stop it. I'm going to ban VR talk. I think. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you you, you, you can ban something that I like. So we'll ban indie talk. We'll ban VR talk. Um, we'll just be talking about what uh, we have for tea and that'll be it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, some podcasts do do that. So, you know. Well, we don't we don't uh, ramble no. at all. We're very focused. Yeah, 100% laser focus. Um, I, my mind wasn't drifting at some points when I was talking, thinking <laughs> about, oh, we've got to get onto the game of year stuff now. <laughs> 
So, but yeah, I suppose that's it really for it. We've been playing mixed bag and it's very hard. There's not much new coming out at the moment. There's still good stuff coming out, but I haven't, some I haven't got around to play in and we don't, we're not, we're not big AAA guys here at all. So they don't get a mention. Barely. But we're at the end of the year. Which means inevitably we have to turn out, we don't have to, but we turn our attention to game of the year. But we also are coming towards episodes 96, 97, 98, 99 and 100. So what we're going to be doing is almost going, what's that thing Fortnite do? They have like chapter two, aren't they, there on? We're going to finish out chapter one of the Mental Health Gaming Podcast with a few bits so we've got to have a few weeks of game of the year leading up to new year's different categories not just like game of the year that'll be christmas day whatever whatever it is she worked out a kind of schedule whatever that is um, (laughs) and i just go along with it and then we come up to episode 100 and then we're gonna not reset or anything like that but we're gonna kind of move on and a few little changes with how we structure things um that will hopefully improve what we do well not improve because we're good enough anyway but you get the idea so we're going to start off with a bit of game of the year now i don't know what we're doing for game of the year in terms of categories the stew is gonna i think he's picked out some categories randomly from a dropbox type thing and we go from there and We'll pull them out, and from the top of our heads, we'll work out just what is our Game of the Year contenders for various different categories, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Stu, explain it. <laughs> well, I just thought, well, you know, we're going to do our favourites of the year, and that will be released on Christmas Day. Um, but I thought we could just do, do some random categories, pretty much like you said, at, at, you know, a grab bag of stuff in the run-up, because... It kind of just forces you to think of things in different ways, and it, it's interesting, you know. And the first, I thought we'll do three a week in the run-up, and the first one I thought we would do would be um, the best sound and and or music in a game of the year. And yeah, so basically, go through what you think you've played that's got the best sort of stuff that goes in your ears. Right, easy answer: Tetris Effect connected. <laughs> Done. What's next? No, God. Um, <laughs> no, I know. T- Tetris Effect connected is, uh, you know, it's a default that one for me for that for that question. Let's have a little think. But best sound. Oh, I know. Um, the the sound design in Chernobyl is so so good. Oh yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, that is so so good. You know, I I I, I put my headphones on, played that. And, you know, it's got really good surround sound. I was, like, spooked out by certain sounds where there's, like, quiet moments and you hear the chatter of your companions and the claustrophobic sound that when you're into, like, areas of... of Also, did you know it's called Chernobyl, not Chernobyl? Didn't know that. No. Uh, But I'm going to continue to say Chernobyl because that's what I've been saying for years. Uh, But when you go into, like, sort of, like, different areas, it gets really claustrophobic as you go through, like, tunnels and things like that. The sound design on it works really, really well. And at no point did I feel comfortable within that game. But that's probably, thinking about it, yeah, that's probably one of my big standouts. Excellent. That's a really good choice, yeah. It's, um... It kind of intrigues me. It's got a bit of stalker 
you know, in it, isn't it? it yes. kind of yeah. And that that sort of game always appeals to me. I'm looking forward to the new Stalker whenever that finally comes out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, but yeah, it's it's definitely an homage. It feels like a fan made homage to Stalker, but with super high production values to it. It's like fan, like uh, it's a love letter to that to that game. Excellent. I've um, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm really bad for for paying attention to sounds like when people when people tell me like oh the music in that film was so good i'm like there was music you know i'm, I'm one of them <laughs> which is ironic because i love listening to music but i, I just i just kind of go with it i get sucked in and i don't really pay attention um I mean, yeah, of course there was music Stu. you was watching the greatest show but... yeah that's it yeah i was watching a <laughs> musical <laughs> i was watching hamilton you know no but um <laughs> Yeah, but there's a couple that, that even then stand out. And it's not a game of this year, but that Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, which I've not put enough time into, but is very good, that has got an incredibly good sound mix. It, that is just, oh, that's really good. Um, it's very, very creepy. It's just got a really, really good mix. And it's got loads of periods of sort of quiet where there's like background audio of like crows cawing and the 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 water lapping because i told you it's like set in a flooded sort of area really really good environmental ambient sound and then the actual sounds of like combat and you know the the walkers themselves is really kind of graphic and brutal so yeah i would say that's the best that i've listened to this year the best of this year might be forza horizon not the music because I turned that off straight away, but but the sounds in that, the 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 effects from the the engine noises and stuff that are really excellent. So yeah, yeah, no, some good stuff. I mean, can I can I give a shout out then to Jurassic World Evolution too? Yeah, I mean, I can do what I want. It's our podcast, but it's, ah, um, yeah. I couldn't. I don't know what the sound design's like in that or the music. I completely forgot, but it does deserve best music because every time I play it, I sit there and go. And then that—that's me playing it. I'm making my own music in my head. So, yeah, shout out Thumbs for, up that. for that. Yeah. Oh, and one more actually that was really good sound design that um, surprised me. But it was, I played it initially like using um, uh, monitor speakers. Uh, but then uh, I was bought a new monitor for my birthday, so that hasn't got speakers in it. So I had to put headphones on. A beast of Maravella Island. That was really nice. It was felt really atmospheric. Um, you just felt like you was like in a jungle at points and stuff like that. And it's just, again, it was just really good ambient sound design. I suppose, like, if you're to compare for me, the best ambient sound design ever in a video game is Hellblade: Sinuous Sacrifice. Yeah, and that's the standard bearer for me. Others might disagree. I don't. I don't. Don't know. But for me, that's the standard bearer. Ch- Chernobylite does that, and Beast of Marvel Island. Yeah, that that did it as well. That I felt really immersed in that game based on the sound. Yeah, yeah, it, it's fantastic when they get it right. Yeah. yeah. Ah, cool. Yeah, good stuff. Well, we came up with more than I thought we would. To be quite honest, there. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right then. Well, the next category that we're going to look at is a funny one, especially because I don't really invest in much of it but it's best dlc so uh i will let you go first brad what's the best dlc that you've encountered this year it's the paper dlc 
And only because I'm looking at this right <laughs> on my screen at the moment, it's the paper DLC for last week's cardboard metal team. Yeah, that's the one. The stuff that I sent through the post. <laughs> Excellent. Um, <laughs> someone's still got to make that game. Make that game! No, right. Uh, not enhanced, because they're busy with droplets. <laughs> yeah. Best DLC. I don't really play DLC. Um, so, I don't know if it's... It was... I, I got it as, I suppose, like an entire package. So I don't know whether I could claim it's best DLC or if it came out this year. But uh, Phoenix Point, year one edition. Yeah, yeah. That's got lots of stuff added to it, like extra campaign-based stuff. And it just really expanded on what the game was. What to, like, that's what I want for DLC. I don't want DLC that's, um, that just adds skins and whatever to it. That, that don't bother me whatsoever. But I like the idea of something that feels like it expands the game you're playing, but you don't need to invest completely in the original experience. So you can play it standalone in a way if you really, really want to, or you could just go back to it at a much later time. You haven't like I've, I didn't really play like the DLC for Horizon Zero Dawn because I'd left the game for too long. I was like, ah. Oh, done now uh, whereas uh, for something like phoenix point i felt like i'd go back in after a while if i really wanted to and play it uh but that's probably yeah that's probably the only dlc i've played really yeah and i don't even know if it, like, whether other people go yeah that's good i don't know because I, I, I play indie games i don't think there's much dlc for indie games generally no no it's rare isn't it um they've Oh no! Oh, oh, sorry, laugh, 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 interrupt. Sorry, that will go to by the advisor repentance, of course. Right. What? A st- how did I? Jesus Christ! How did I not like, put that straight away? Uh, it's just more by the advisor. Could be more stuff thrown in. Keeps the same core gameplay. More stuff thrown in. Best one of the best roguelikes ever made. Come at me. Yeah, it's amazing. Fair play. Well, but yeah, the point about indie stuff not having a lot of DLC. Is right, but they 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 tend to do it in a kind of free expansion kind of a thing, don't they? Yeah, like the um, oh god, what's it called? No, I'm not going to remember, so I'll, I'll skip over that. Pretend it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> they added that. We'll add it in later as DLC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that V Racer hoverbike that I've bought and played a bit of, and not really committed as much time to it as I should, have put in a, a Tron kind of mode where it makes it look like you're riding, yeah, I know, those bikes from Tron, and that's free. So, you know, they tend to do nice things like that uh, with the, with that. How, how does V-Racer hover bike sound more made up than cardboard metal tin? I don't know. Funny that, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> but it does. That sounds like my first game name kind of thing. It's not, it's not great. But, um, yeah, no, what a great thing to drop for people. And, yeah, you know, Enter the Gungeon, that was the one I was thinking about as well. Um, ah yes more games would be uh, better with Tron aesthetic yes that arcade that I was playing in VR uh, is entirely yes. Tron rip off it's just it, it barely even hides the fact uh, which is great and yeah it looks yeah. amazing I, you know I, I think even if you took this war of mine and gave it a Tron aesthetic it would work yeah I do <laughs> 
that's a that's probably completely the wrong choice. And someone's going to take offence to that because that is a deeply, deeply, deeply depressing game. I know, I know. But I, I'm just going to roll with it. I don't care. We'd make it a bit cheerier. Yeah. Um, yes. But moving swiftly on. <laughs> no, I think that's a good selection considering not. There's um, obviously uh, the, what I was just talking about the Ace Combat DLC. Yes. Uh, yeah. As I say, it's it's good. It's it's probably overpriced. Well, I don't know. Maybe not these things have to be designed and modelled and balanced in the game and it does take quite a bit of time but yeah it's fairly expensive but you know worth it does it help for me I don't actively seek out DLC if there's DLC included with a package or whatever I go ah yeah that'll do but yeah I don't seek it out yeah at least you can tell we've pulled these out at random because I I probably played loads of stuff with dlc if i really thought about it but well i don't you, know if they're dlc you definitely, but who knows? <laughs> yeah well you definitely did because you played that um stellaris aquatic expansion one um but you'd not played well, I've played that's i've played no yeah i've played the base game but i don't know actually i might have some dlc baked into it i, I don't actually know Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it does. If you if you start a game and it has the the DLC already added, then it's not DLC to you, is it? It's just the game. So, yeah. oh, I forgot to give my de facto answer. Bugger. Tetris effect. Connected. Tetris effect connected. Yeah. It added the connected mode. That was last year technically, but it came out on Switch. So yeah, Tetris effect connected wins that award. Cool. <laughs> Always. <laughs> it's just the answer to everything. Um, I give shout out for. I haven't bought it, but a shout out for the new characters you can buy for Guilty Gear Strive because that's an excellent game, and I think five ninety nine for a character isn't much when you know a full the full game costs you know whatever it costs, and it has a yeah, set number. They of send me emails. It seems to be every week. There's a new bloody character. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. But you know, I think it, I think it's reasonably priced considering the level of work and balance they have to put into it. Um, but you know, yeah, maybe not everyone will Pe- agree. People love the pe- pe- fighting. People who are into their fighting games, they're their own community, their own people. They like that. Um, they may not like it, but they buy into it still. So, but yeah, they're happy and it works. True. True. As long as the games, as long as it games cheap enough, and not like what happened with Street Fighter Five, should be a lesson to everyone. Yeah, no, I think this is. I think five ninety nine, which is you know, the price of a couple of cups of coffee um, for a game that you love, is is all right. You know, I think that's fine, personally. But yes. your opinion may so, vary. Yes. So moving on. Yes, moving we're on. We're not going to use. We're not going to use a post production sound effect of Stu digging around or anything like that, what's next randomly out of the list? Well, I might do that, because, you know, that would be quite funny. Um, but the next one in the list is uh, the the best remake or remaster or, you know, port, that kind of thing. And there's an absolute <laughs> bunch of them this year. <laughs> so, what's yours? As if... It's Tetris Effect Connected on the Switch. Hey! <laughs> I will shoehorn that into everything. Best FPS, Tetris. Yep. Uh, Because if you play it in VR, it's first person. True. True. But uh, no, Uh, it's a good choice. Right, best. I don't know what I've played. I mean, it's clearly not Grand Theft Auto. Well, I'll start with mine if you like. It might give you an idea. Yes, go, because I'll grab a thing. I'll grab a thing. Well, mine is uh, the Solitaire Conspiracy on the Switch. Because, you know, that came came over from PC, didn't it? Um, Oh, yes. And that 
seems to me like, oh, well, you know, it should have been designed and, and brought out on the Switch as a, as a first console because it works perfectly on it kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no, it's a great, it, it seems like a great port. I haven't played the original on the PC or anything, but on the Switch, it's, it seems like it's natural home and it's one of the most fun smaller games like coffee not it's a bit more than a, a, a coffee game like we were talking about it's a bit longer than that but it's definitely one of the shorter experiences and absolutely perfectly fit for the switch is really good yes that's a good shout and it's got the great accessibility zoom in button as well yeah i use that all the time and my eyesight is you know well it's rubbish yeah that that was that was heaven sent for me i love that and uh uh, not Jeff Keighley. Someone decided not to put Jeff Keighley in their video game. Uh, Greg Miller, really good. Really good turn. Yeah. Could have been cheesy, could have been crap. Nailed his character. So, yeah. Good. Yeah, that's a good choice. I like that. I would have cool. gone for that if I'd have thought about it. <laughs> is there anything else you can... See, uh... the one... Yeah, well, the one that... It's one that's standing out. Is I think it's because it's probably one I played most recently. But Dying Light, Platinum Edition on the Switch... Oh yeah, I dare I dare say people can find fault with it because people will find fault with everything. It probably drops frames here and there, but it's a complete package. It's got all the DLC added to it, uh, and it's like like almost like a full on like game of the year type thing. But it, I for me, it run really well. But once it opens up, once you get past that initial slow grind of oh here's the game, here's the story introducing. It's just brilliant fun to sort of run around, you know, a zombie-filled town and trying to survive. And on the Switch, it actually works really, really well because I'm happy just to go in for 20 minutes, like boot up the Switch, go in for 20 minutes, run around a bit, do a side mission, turn it off and done. Yeah, no, no, no that's probably a, like... Probably doesn't get as much attention as like your Grand Theft Auto, but for me that was a really well made port. Excellent, yeah, no, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. Um, I think I was watching what was it, a DF video or something about they were saying you know that Dying Light Two was an example of it being done very very well. So I know it's like oh really okay, it's like server hosted, isn't it, and and streamed um, rather with a component on the Switch, but you know basically cloud based, isn't it, or and why have I got that wrong? Is it completely local on the Switch? What what was that? So Dying Light Two. That's cl- right. So it's cloud based, but they apparently haven't ruled out making a full conversion version of it. Right. I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So it sounds so, like it's a good port. Well, obviously, it does have the the backing of massive servers. <laughs> so yeah. Still good though. Um, Art of Rally, that's a really good port as well. Just got, need to point that out. That's a really good port. That's like, when that got moved to the Switch earlier this year as well. Oh, that cool. worked really well. Uh, but it's not really been. I usually look forward to like a nice big retro remake. There's not been any big retro remakes. There's been Omaji. So they got um, Bonfire Peaks, which is a nice PS1 era homage. But it's not a remake or it's not a port or anything like that. And there's nothing really... I'm just looking through my list. There's no big... Oh, do you remember this game from the past? Here's a port or remake of it. So it's... I don't think there's been much this year apart from maybe like... I think we're into the... like the... Trying to do like the PS2 
for Xbox One era ports for some reason when you could just play them. It's a weird, weird one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, there's been, yeah, good, some good stuff. Yeah, I've enjoyed the ones I've interacted with. Yeah, again, we're probably missing loads and, and stuff like that, but this is off the top of our heads. I don't see the point in preparing for these because you spend so long debating on yourself, oh, should I talk about this one? Should I do this one? That it just takes out your initial reaction from it. And I, I think sometimes to choose these sort of things, it's just what, what stands out. If it doesn't stand out, it, it probably wasn't a, your, your initial choice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's good. I like doing it this way. So, Yeah, yeah so screw you, uh, Giant Bob. I'm going to start <laughs> a beef with Giant Bob. Screw you, Giant Bob, with your end-of-year deliberations or everything. You don't need deliberations. Just what's your favourite sound design? It's Tetris. What's your favourite puzzle game? It's Tetris. What's your favourite indie game? It's Tetris. Just that's all you need. That's all you need. <laughs> Oh dear. And then you're going to completely nullify all that by having a, a well-formulated list for the Christmas Day episode. I, I've been planning my game of the year, my actual game of the year since day since the 1st of January. I know, I do that. <laughs> so it's so on the list of like, yeah, that, that's on the list. And then I can start removing stuff as we go. And I'm down to about 20 games, I think it is. Um, but a couple, there, there might be surprises. You have to tune in to the... Uh, the uh, final, the actual game of the year episode. There might be surprises. Nice, nice. Yeah, well, that's it then. So, yeah, that, we, we're done with that bit. How professional. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I've, I've not even thought about. So, I'm going to talk about one thing, actually. i talk about one thing. About what you do when work gets too much. Um, yes, Brad, we know you're unemployed at the moment. So, you know, what have you got to talk about? But um, someone close to me is going through some bad crap at the moment with work to the point where they are, you know, they're coming home and there's tears um, and upset and, and stuff like that. So they're, they're trying to look for another job. But I, I've never understood why... I, even if it's low level, power really does corrupt people's attitudes to other people. And I've never understood why we do that as a, a as human beings, why we feel the need that as soon as we get a bit of power, we feel our power being challenged in any way, shape or form. We punch down, we, we tread and try and keep people down. It's the only word I can think. Like, you... you you, surely you want loyalty. You want people to get better. What, what? I've never understood that. You know, is it just me being naive to the way of the world, or is, is the world just that screwed up? Hmm. It's a really, really, really good question, and I don't think there are any easy answers. I mean, one thing that I can point to from work at having worked in different cultures of, you know, like office environments, and not just offices. You know, being in retail and stuff in the past. It really does depend on the working culture in a particular place, but I think it's even bigger than that. I think certain areas and industries have like a, a more defined working culture in either a positive or a negative way, and I think the ones that are underfunded are the ones that, that feel that they suffer the most, you know? Mm. Like, you know, I used to work for a, like a mega corporation, and everybody in there was lovely, but the mega corporation itself is not lovely. Yeah. And it's just because there's a, just a handful at the top 
who are creaming everything off and making the big decisions badly. Well, yeah, not ba- not necessarily badly, but good for business, not ba- not good for people. But I think, you know, in sort of stuff like privatised areas where they shouldn't be privatised, they should be nationalised or they should at least be part nationalised, you know, stuff that you absolutely depend on, like public transport, you know, the energy you know, energy suppliers and, you know, the the care industry and mental health provision and all that. If you're paying less than you should and you are asking people to do more than they really ought to be, they can get away with pretty much murder as long as, you know, because bosses will rise to the top who have, who, who don't care how they treat people to get what they want out of them. Yeah. They they will emerge whereas people who are good and nice and kind they'll take their skills elsewhere where they where they you know they're going to be more appreciated. So yeah, I think you you just in underfunded areas particularly you, up, you do end up with the worst people in the most powerful positions sometimes. Yeah, I suppose like you mentioned about mega corps uh, and things like that. It's like one of our listeners one of our community works technically for a mega corporation i suppose one of the biggest corporations in in the world yet whenever they've spoke about how their particular department has treated them it's like wow that's really lovely and the support they give them especially when they've they've had some sort of like really big issues to sort out and yet i the, the other person i'm speaking about is you know, working for a small family company and is being treated like absolute crap. Uh, and it's just, it just, it really does mess with my head to the point, you know, they'd rather be working in a warehouse than doing what they're doing at the moment, you know. And again, yeah. I'm never going to disparage anyone who works in a warehouse or does any kind of labour like that because that's what, as we've learned, that's what keeps the world ticking by. I'm waiting on a bloody parcel still that's been stuck in a delivery centre for, for three days. Yeah, See, that's well. That's part of my job. Tell them their jobs crap, so they go work in the delivery centre and get my parcel to me quick. That's all part of my mega plan. Well, genius. But yeah, um, no, it's like that's another underfunded area, and you know, I'm complicit in it. You know, ordering stuff that I know is being delivered by people who have to, you know, break their own backs just to fit in as many in a day to make it a worthwhile enterprise. And you know, it's, it's terrible. It's it's just the world we're in with that, but. Yeah, no, I mean, work, working in a warehouse and stuff has its own... There's, there's no kind of unskilled jobs. They all have their own skills that are needed. But, yeah, um, yeah being in a, in a warehouse can be one of those situations where you get so good at it that you kind of can switch off and have a laugh with your colleagues and listen to the radio. And you're very productive, but without having to be really driven down. Yeah. But again, that, that depends on, on having plenty of, of staff you know, the right number of people working. It needs to allow you to, like, have proper toilet breaks and to sit down and to be able to listen to the radio and not be penalised for having a laugh with people. And it's kind of like, it, it, again, it's devalued to the point where, oh, no, you know, we, we can pay minimum or even less than minimum wage and force people into that situation. It's just terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, The wor- I mean, the absolute worst for that is, although Amazon get a lot of... I'm not defending Amazon. So I was about to defend Amazon, uh, but I'm not. Nowhere near. Amazon get a lot of pushback on the way they treat their staff, rightly so. But I will still maintain one of the worst 
jobs out there for being treated like you are just pure cattle or even cattle get treated better going to the slaughter is uh call center work yeah you know the the micro monitoring of you've been to the toilet twice in an hour right and the second time you use off the phone so you must have been in the toilet for four minutes you're not allowed four minutes on the toilet what yeah or yeah. you or you drive a particularly stressful call with like you need, you, need, you need a cuppa, you need something, or, you know, back, you know, you need a cigarette break just quickly because, like, the person on the other end of the call is a right arsehole. Or you even just need to vent to the person next to you going, Jesus Christ, I just can't... The, the horrible things that this person was saying because their bouquet of flowers didn't get there on time and stuff like that. But you micromanage to the point where you're a second late back on the phone, you've pulled up on it, and that goes towards your overall performance reviews and, and, and stuff like that. Worst job ever. I would, I, I generally, um, I'm not going to lie, hypocritically at times, I've I've got a bit angry and frustrated at call centre work, but generally I try my hardest to show a level of respect to people who work in a call centre that they probably don't get from most people, uh, because that is a horrible job. I'd rather be like picking crap up off the floor to do that again. well that's it and, it, and none none of these jobs in themselves are inherently bad jobs to do no. you know i mean there are inherently bad jobs to do cleaning out the inside of a sewer you know that would not be that wouldn't be a great one but you know the it's just flush it into the ocean now it's oh, fine well, let's not go on to that but um <laughs> yeah but none of the ones we've been talking about are, are bad jobs to do and in fact you know they should be the kind of jobs that you you can find joy in. You know, all jobs really should have at least a component of that. And like I said about the the thing with uh, you know packing packing stuff in a warehouse, there are people who love doing repetitive tasks. It, it relaxes them, and that's a great job for them to do if it paid what it should pay and if there were enough people doing it. Um, and stuff like delivery, if they were getting paid enough, then, yeah, they might really enjoy the driving around. But, yeah, yeah. it's just under underpaid. And, you know, to go back to your original point, it, it does attract bad bosses because they, the higher-ups, the people who own these companies, want it to be as low-paid as possible and have as few staff as possible. And that call centre thing is... Yeah, you, you you monitor every moment of their of their waking working life, and that way that you're forcing sort of you know seven hours of solid work out of them, even if it's not even if it's detrimental to their mental health. Yeah, I mean, I had back when I was doing like uh, graphic design and trying to do like sort of web coding and stuff like that. Um, I had a client that I was starting to work for, and they ended up saying, oh, you know what, it's not worth it." Really, I could do with the money, but it's just not worth it because they basically wanted me to keep a spreadsheet of everything I was doing. So when I started writing code, when I stopped to get a glass of water or to have a break, I have some fully monitor it. And I went, you can't, if you want me to be creative, I can't do that. You pay me, like, if, if I tell you I've spent five hours on it, you just have to take my word for it. I'm not going to rip you off, but... If you're going to monitor, micro monitor me, I'm not. You're not going to get the best out of me, at all. Yeah. But you don't. You go. You know. And it's like some people just really don't have a clue how to treat people and see everything apart from them as low skilled. Call center work's not low skilled. I can tell you that having done it. I know. 
Sales could go in the bin, right? That's okay. I don't blame the people who are doing the calls, but let's just get rid of sales. Telephone sales, tele-sales, get rid of it. It shouldn't be a job. It shouldn't be a thing. Get rid of it. It's it's the most demoralizing work I've ever done because you are, for 99.9% of the time, being basically made out to be a failure because you get your target, you're not hitting your target, and everyone's telling you to F off and do this, don't bother them at home, it's often on numbers, whatever, whatever, the piss person's dead now. Um, and you're just like constantly just being told, no, 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 F off, F off, F off, and you feel like crap. And, you know, you often they get told, well, lie, not lie a bit, but exaggerate a little bit. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to lie to someone that will save them money on their electricity bills when at best they'll save 10p a year. Not doing that. Yeah. Get rid of that as a job completely. Uh, but customer service on phones, instead of having 10 people manning a line, which is fine, If what you need to do is maybe instead of having them take calls every second or you know having no no break between calls get 20 people in if that's not enough get 30 people in we live in a world now where actually the technology's there you've got computers you've got the internet let people work from home and do those jobs and haven't got to go into a call center office yeah Yeah, i know i know and we showed that works during lockdown yeah you still you got jobs to do you got your kids there it's fine you need to deal with them they're like, oh, no, 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 they're just, just being noisy. Okay, if you do need to, let us know. Absolutely fine. And people were generally okay with that. So let's do that. Let's do that. Let's let's try and make people happy in their work. People will want to work if they're happy or if they've got that. I, I'm going to say it once. I'm not going to linger on this. Or if they've got the safety net of a universal basic income, that that's not the be all and end all of their life. People will want to work. I guarantee it. I know. I know. How easy would it be to fill those jobs? You know, yeah. I would I would happily do, you know, a Christmas period of you know being a postie or um, you know working in a uh, in a in a as long as I could sit down on a, on a packing warehouse. You know, I would do that sort of stuff. I'd be more than happy to if I had UBI, uh, definitely. Yeah. Also, just on that, I made I made to pick up with this um, last week. And I, was it last week? Uh, no, it was after last week's episode. I was talking to Lucas about it, about housing, and so I just just solve homelessness by giving everyone a house. And he went, "What would really work, Dad?" Right? He goes, "If you're a single person," and I went, "Yeah, you get a one bedroom house that you don't have to pay rent for." Okay. If you've got two of you living together. You still get a one-bedroom house that you don't have to pay for because you only need the one room. If you've got one child, you get a two-bedroom house. If you've got two children, you get a three-bedroom house and so on and so forth. You don't have to pay rent for it. It's government government paid. I was like, okay, yeah, I like the sound of that. He went, but if you do want a bigger house, so he says, say, for example, us, right? We should have a, uh, a three-bedroom house for me, for Edith and for you and mum. Like, okay, but if we wanted a four-bedroom house, then we pay the extra rent. Like, yeah, that'd work. So people who want a bigger space, yeah, well done. You've just solved the housing crisis, Lucas. (laughs) I know, I know. Well, that's what I love about the young, you know. Imagine how much rent the Queen would have to pay for Buckingham Palace. (laughs) Yeah, oh my God. Imagine the people who who should be paying (laughs) their taxes actually paying their taxes. (laughs) That would be amazing. It's it's just amazing. I don't know why they don't. I mean, just, you'll find out when you're older. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, the wonderful, naive socialism of the youth. Yeah. 
Yeah, can we let can we let teenagers run the country just for a few years and see what? Well, happens? I've been saying this for forever. You know that young people know what what it's about. You should give them more power, but of course that's why they don't give them more power. Yeah, yeah. What's that uh, book where they put? I, I, I know the book. I've read it a few times. Where all the kids go on the island and just just kids. Lord of the Flies. Like the island. Lord of the Flies. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a good Let's model for that. government. Really. Well, to be fair, though, no, that's the model that older people look at and go oh that's how kids would do it right but i reckon if you used to actually do it right not not for reality tv or entertainment or anything if you used to actually put a bunch of kids of various different ages on an island i'm willing to bet they would create a sound structural society or yeah possibly but you know or also you could think of lord of the flies as the tory government so they've got control of an island they the the okay. people you know bullies are at the top there's there's a pig's head in there you know it's all starting to come together <laughs> what are they doing with the pig's head well let's not go into that on a family show but no. you know yeah it's there oh you see well this is where we're behind with stuff i was gonna originally introduce this show with uh, about talking about pepper pig world and stuff like that and i went that's so much has happened in the world of politics that that's already forgotten old news i know i know well this is what you know the the constant news cycle is the thing that gets people out of trouble it gets people like you know boris johnson out of trouble because they move on to something else yeah the whole second jobs thing i know it's like i remember when like you found out there was a politician bought some pornography on taxpayers' money at a hotel for like back in the nineties or whatever it was, and that was news for weeks. I know, I know. There was accountability. Yeah, I was like, Jesus Christ! But yeah, that's not that's the world we live in. Uh, you get treated like, sh- and then you play video games to escape it all. Yeah, that's what I do. Yes. Yeah, you, you you fully escape. You go into VR. That's right. You know, there's a correlation there. Yeah, I I I go. I go. See, I'm like uh, James Stephanie Sterling. I'm not. I'm not like them, obviously, because that'd be weird. But it's. Um, I wish I didn't know as much as I knew. Sometimes, and yeah. I wish I could just enjoy video games like lots. But, 99% of the people just go, I like this video game, I'll play it. Whether it's Ubisoft, Activision, Indie, whatever, they'll play whatever. Whereas I'm going, actively ignoring that, not playing that. That's got microtransactions, don't want to do that. I just I just wish I didn't, I know. but I can't not. I know, I'm exactly the same. I'm exactly the same. I don't think that I've... Yeah, once I've found out about a dodgy place, I don't think I've bought something from them since... Uh, which oh. is definitely. I want to bu- I, I play Riders Republic, but I won't. Yeah, because I've heard good feeds. It's like I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, I do, but I can't. Well, you could get a second. Uh, I would say get a second-hand copy. If there's, if there's a physical. Is there a physical copy available? Probably. I, I don't know. I, 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 to the point, no, because I only really play PC now and Switch. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's only on PC, so it'll be digital. It's just like, but do I want to play it enough? No. I don't want to even give them the, like, the download numbers. The same as I've not downloaded to even see how bad that um, eFootball thing is from Konami. No. Because that's a success for them. I've not got any of the free games that Ubisoft have offered. It's like, nope. I'll, I think when I've had some that have come into a, like Epic Game Store or the Amazon Prime stuff, nope. 
which is, I suppose, is a sweet irony that I've got. Oh, I'll take this stuff from Amazon for free, but I won't touch the Ubisoft or Activision stuff. You know, there's 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 levels of hypocrisy, and I understand. I'm being a bit hypocritical by doing Amazon and taking a stand with certain video games, but it's like, uh, no, I get it. Where's put me in a bubble? I want to go in a bubble. Yeah, bubble boy. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bad film. Jake Gyllenhaal. It's amazing that he went from Bubble Boy to being one of the world's most respected actors. I don't think I've seen that. I was re- referring to the Seinfeld thing. and uh, But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, go for that era. There's that era of like really crass, shitty, bad comedy. Like Freddie Got Fingered, Bubble Boy, um, Joe Dirt, all stuff like that. That era. Search out Bubble Boy. It's awful. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, I'll- I'll waste my time on no, that. But honestly, in that, in that, it, it's awful, but car crash awful. <laughs> okay. Because car crashes are fun. No, I know, I know what you mean, though. Yeah, no, it's just <laughs> like, <laughs> it's uh, so bad, it's good style, kind of can't look away title. kind of thing. Yeah. That's our title. Car crashes are fun. Yeah, there you go. No, that's not. <laughs> but um, yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, Is there, was there anything else that you wanted to cover before we. Puppies. Kittens, rainbows. Oh, yeah. Just there you go. Cool. They're fun. Stu, take us out. But I hope you realise I'm going to cut all the bit before that and just have that bit in so that it's all happy and all <laughs> upbeat. But uh, just, yeah, just that's the entire show. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right. So other than that, on that you know high note of the puppies and the kittens and all of that, let's leave it there. And next week, obviously, we'll be carrying on doing some of our games of the year but you know not kind of thing uh, it's really well structured this isn't it stuff but, of the year yeah, stuff, of the, stuff year. of the year yeah and um yeah hopefully you'll tune in for that and then we've got the whole end of year mega stravaganza stuff coming up which is yeah it's not mega stravaganza it's just me and him talking again you know but if you like that then you're in the right place so in the meantime stay safe and stay sane